0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked on Pirates podcast. I am your host, Ethan Smith, who is finally feeling better after a couple of days of being sick. I am back and we are live streaming today on Twitter, YouTube, and it looks like maybe even Facebook if I have it up right now. But we are live streaming during Yankees Guardians game five, which has just kicked off. We'll be talking about that game, but we'll also be talking about the Pirates offseason things that. I see. And I also sent out a link for people to come join. So if you want to come join and talk, we got some people here already, or a person here already, and Connor Williams, that has thoughts about the Pittsburgh Pirates and what they could do in the 2022 offseason. This live stream is brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure you place all of your bets during the football season and even the National League and American League series. With betonline.ag, the single best betting online platform in the world. And with that said, guys, let's get into this live stream and have a fun time.
1: You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So uh, crazy enough, uh, with the start of this baseball game, that intro played in the Yankees and Nestor Cortez have two outs already here in the first inning after a Stephen Kwan leadoff hit. Of course, during this live stream, the game day app will be up for everybody to look at. You're more than welcome to give your thoughts, opinions, anything you need to give on. But we're going to bring in Connor Williams, a guy who... Obviously, as you could tell by the shirt, as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, part of one of the fun groups, (laughs) unfortunately, of course. But, you know, we're all Pirates fans here, and this is the good baseball that we get to watch this year, Connor. uh, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Unfortunately, I would have had a more kind of play in here with this game if it would have happened last night, uh, because Jamison Tyone was set to start for the New York Yankees last night as the Yankees wrap up the top of the first inning with Nestor Cortez. And I don't know if this is an advertisement or not on MLB's game day app, but it is. Uh, but thank God it's already muted. See, <laughs> I was about to say that was going to be very, very bad. But if we'll see. Uh, this game, very intriguing, especially from a Pirates fan standpoint, because you look at a Cleveland Guardians team that it's always preached in baseball that if you don't spend money, you can't win. Well, Cleveland basically said, hey, we're going to go against that standard. We're going to sweep the Tampa Bay Rays in what was pretty much the small market um, series, if you will, between those two teams. I kind of compare it to when two uh, smaller FBS teams play each other that are really good. Like in this scenario right now, it would be Tulane and Cincinnati. Like if those two teams played each other and then the one wins and then they have to face the juggernaut, which is the Yankees. It's like, okay, let's see what they can do. And they've had a good series. They're 2-2 two and two right now. Game 5 in New York, which was supposed to be played last night. I'm not even going to get... Maybe we'll get into all that stuff later, but the amount of stuff that was going on with Game 4 la- or Game 5 last night being postponed was absolutely nuts. But as Pirates fans, it has been seven years since we've seen this team in the postseason. But... Right now is starting to feel definitely a lot more optimistic. I would say with this Pirates team that it has in the past couple, like 2021, we already knew this team was going to be awful. This year, we knew this team was going to be awful, but there was going to be things to look at. Connor, where are you personally? Because I love asking Pirates fans this because everybody hears my opinion, and then you guys drop your comments and everything and stuff like that, and I understand it. My opinion on this is. Where do you stand on where the Pirates look into 2023 with having nothing yet, obviously? But before they even do that, let's say the Pirates shockingly did nothing this offseason. Where would you be shockingly, in terms of, yeah. yeah, well, you know. But where would you feel about this team going into 2023 if they made absolutely no
1: moves? Um, I mean, I still wouldn't feel good about it. I mean, this organization is going to have to be, like the team is going to have to prove that they need additional help for them to really add in a significant way. That I mean, that's just, that's how I feel, in a significant and meaningful way. I mean, they're practically being forced off of a cliff just to add a real first baseman to the roster. Because as it stands right now, they literally do not have one. They have to add externally. Because Mason Martin isn't it, and Nunez isn't close. I mean, Nunez could theoretically be on the team next year, but not for opening day, for sure. And who knows if he's going to actually be, you know, any good. Um, Well, and
0: you already know that the Pirates, based off of what we saw with O'Neal Cruz this year, that we will probably be not seeing a lot of these guys.
1: We're not seeing Priester. We're not seeing those guys until the Super 2 dates.
0: And I agree. Sorry, I'm also uh, tweeting out something right now. Because anybody that would like to join up and give their thoughts on this team, under reason, of course, is more than welcome to.
1: It's. I think my, the most frustrating part I have about this is that there was kind of no reason for them to be as bad as they were. I, I kind of understand them not really caring about building a playoff roster at the moment. That's fine. for For the situation that Pittsburgh exists in, with the guy funding it, as we all know who that guy is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have I to mention that guy. Yeah, I don't really feel that bad about them not, you know, building a playoff roster this past season. Because, I mean, with the funds that they have trying to, like, plug holes when you don't really know where the long-term holes are, maybe isn't that smart. But they didn't have to be as bad as they were. And there were certain areas of the team – That it was genuinely detrimental for them to be as bad as they were long term. Yeah. And I agree
0: with that 100%. And I don't
1: understand why the bullpen was anywhere near as atrocious as it was. Like I've seen mismanagement. I've, 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 well, that too. But the other problem is, I've seen people say stuff like, oh, well, if the bullpen didn't get hurt down the street. Well, the problem with that is that there were really like four guys in the bullpen that could, were like any degree of competent. And once you got past that, there was just nothing there.
0: Yeah, and um, I would assume you're saying those four guys are probably Bednar, Crow. I would even throw Yeri in there before he got hurt.
1: Yeah, Yeri. I would throw Yeri in there. And
0: people will not agree with this one, but Chase DeYoung, dude.
1: He Chase had DeYoung his- was was all right. It was... It felt kind of inevitable there was going to be a fall off at some point. There was never like, oh, this is a lockdown for sure every time he came into the game. But he was good. I mean, yeah. I can't I can't rag on results. And for the majority of the season he was pretty good. It got a little rough near the end. And I think that was the the fall back to earth. But
0: Yeah. And even at the end of the day, um, one thing that I've spoken about on this podcast multiple times about the bullpen and how a lot of people perceive it. Is there's going to be arms that are going to come through this system? No doubt. I mean, there really are.
1: Right. There are always guys.
0: But you can't have a 10-man rotation. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, on the surface, it looks like they don't have any bullpen help. Would people be opposed to JT Brubaker moving to the bullpen at some point when Quinn Priester and a lot of those arms are ready? I would say no. The guy can throw 97. He can put command on his fastball. He has secondary pitches. You're going to see guys like Zach Thompson, JT Brubaker, Bryce Wilson. You saw it already with Will Crow. You're going to see these guys eventually switch back to a bullpen role, which will inherently, of course, make the bullpen better because we won't be seeing guys like Johan Ramirez and Heath Hembree, Eric Stout, Stout. those kind of guys. You won't be seeing those guys anymore because they're just not going to have a place here. And that's where I think – Personally, with me, I think you even, Connor, probably listen to this pod pretty often.
1: I listen occasionally.
0: I'm I'm very um, patient with this team because for the first time since I've hosted this podcast, because I came in, I'm at my two year mark now. We're right around that time where I came in in two years. Immediately when I came into this podcast, Joe Musgrove got traded. Jamison Tyone got traded and Josh Bell got traded. So for the first time since I've hosted this podcast, it does feel that there's a certain optimism there because, I mean, you do have real guys on this team that you can look at that you could say are, I would say, very viable pieces. Key Brian Hayes, obviously, you extend him for eight years. He has a little bit of an injury issue right now, but I think that'll get taken care of. O'Neil Cruz, Rodolfo Castro. Brian Reynolds, for the time being. Go check out my last episode before I uh, came down with a sickness about the one big question about Brian Reynolds and how I thought about him and what he could be about in terms of extending him or keeping him. Also, I mean, you look at guys like Jack Sawinski, who of course had his rookie struggles, but the guy hit almost 20 home runs. You'll take that. There's a lot of different pieces here that I think the Pirates have that are welcoming for the future. But we've said that plenty of times over the last two decades. I mean, there's been times where, I mean, you look at Jason Bay. He was a promising guy. Andrew McCutcheon even took a year or two to get acclimated to the major league level before he won MVP. It's a patience game, but I don't blame Pirates fans or listeners of this podcast for eventually getting tired of being patient when we watch a team like the Cleveland Guardians, for example, who are playing in game five of the ALDS with around the same payroll, a little bit higher, but virtually in that same kind of demographic of the payroll.
1: Right. And I think part of the struggle is just having people on the roster that had no purpose to be there. That's the most yeah. frustrating part. Like Van Meter, Van Meter served no purpose. Greg Allen served no purpose. Greg Jake Marisnyk served next to no purpose. There's just a lot of stuff like that that we've had to put up with, especially last year, that was just, why are we continuing to do the things that we're doing when we could be doing more to get to where they need to be to compete faster, but are not?
0: Oh, 100%. And one thing I do say about uh, all of this as there was a point last year in the offseason around when, um, of course, the lockout ended. A lot of Pirates fans were clamoring for them to bring Yoshi back. There were a lot of people that said, hey, this guy is the real, like, he's a real, real guy. Well, it's like, okay to do that. The back. problem
1: is they, there, was, there was no purpose in hanging on to him as long as they did.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody really had an issue, including myself, with the idea of bringing him back and at least giving him a shot. I think it was the fact that he stayed on the roster for about, I would say, two or three months longer than he should have, as well as Josh Van Meter. Not only
1: staying on the roster, but staying—like, there was a solid, like, what? For the first, like, two months of the season, he was hitting fourth, like, pretty much all the time. Oh, yeah.
0: And then Josh Van Meter was leading And after, like,
1: month one, where he's hitting, like, 130— or whatever it was that he was hitting with like a 37 WRC plus you can't keep him in the fourth hole unless you are trying to lose
0: yeah and I agree 100% with that as well and I mean you saw that also with uh Miguel and Duhar being picked up near the end of the year um they slotted him in that slot too at number three and I said I don't have an issue with that because you need to see what you're getting with this guy immediately and speaking of um, I also wanted your opinion on this, too. I'm very surprised that Cleveland is going with Aaron Savali here. I have no idea five. why.
1: Bieber's on five days rest now, isn't he?
0: Uh, no, he's on short. I think he okay, pitched so game three. Four? Yeah, I okay, think he's so on three or four, four days rest. But I have heard internally from people who cover the Guardians that they would not be shocked if Bieber comes in very early. Like, if things get hit the rails very quickly, they would not be surprised if he... Yeah comes in pretty quick and i mean for a game five at this point you got to throw all your cards on the table one thing that i did have an issue with just to get away from the pirates for a second is i do not appreciate the way that the playoffs were scheduled for certain teams um especially this
1: this is because why did they schedule this at like 4 p.m on a tuesday like are you kidding me
0: uh and that's where a lot of people were interested about that because again you can't really handle mother nature. That's just something that's out of your control. But why is the NLCS starting today and then playing game two tomorrow before the ALCS even plays game one on Thursday? That just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, it's like, okay, why not had this game just postpone the Yankees Phillies? Not- by pitch? Oh yeah. Don't, I don't think a lot of people in San Diego would have been upset if they said, you know what, we're going to post this ga- uh, postpone our game to tomorrow, have this game today in straight prime time, like eight o'clock, and I know it's on TBS, and they uh, interfere with AEW Dynamite tonight as well, wrestling, but the fact that this game is a, a four o'clock game on a Tuesday and a do or die go home, I think that says more to MLB's what's the word? I think MLB's um, marketing
1: that it does any media media illiteracy. Yeah. I mean, I
0: could you ever see like an AFC championship game being no. postponed and then having it at four o'clock in the afternoon, the next day on like a Monday or a Tuesday. No, it would never happen. And there's a lot to be said about why that game was not played last night. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff. And then even going into last night and today, uh, the Guardians, of course, I heard there was a report that came out that they had to stay at different parts of New York because certain hotels were booked up to the point where they couldn't accommodate the Guardians. That's insane. <laughs> like, that's really nuts. First and second, bottom of the first, this kind of feels like a spot where Stanton would just crush one into the seeds. It really does. And I think you could say that about a lot of moments about Stanton, but. This one right here, like, you uh, obviously remember the loss in Yankee Stadium in September. I would rather not. I I would rather not remember it. But when he came up to the plate after that, I was like, yeah, this is a Stanton spot where he's going to hit a grand slam. Yeah. This spot feels like a spot where he could potentially hit a home run now. And you're, wow. As I say that, he goes deep right field. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Guys, it's almost. <laughs> Look at that. Da- yeah, Dave's like, gosh, you just called it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Well, Connor, I didn't expect myself to actually be right on that there, but I guess I had a hunch.
1: I mean, you want to give me lottery ticket numbers?
0: Yeah, I might need to get. <laughs> might need to give you lottery numbers here oh my lord yeah i mean he left it in a perfect spot for stanton too that's insane yep stanton's uh he's energized that's three nothing already that is not spur and as we were just talking about i feel like that's a spot where shane bieber doesn't give up that kind of pitch i really do I feel like that's not a pitch that Shane Bieber makes. And if that I,
1: I trust Terry Francona. I would give so much money to have Terry Francona be the manager of my team.
0: Oh, if Terry Francona was the manager of the Pirates, I'd be talking about the Pirates making the wild card next year. Trust me. <laughs> this team this team would be in contention next year, I think, for a wild card spot if Francona was their manager. I
1: mean, it's not the only component there, but like I'd feel a lot better about it. Um, but I don't know why. Bieber wasn't starting this one. Wow. Over Savali, like, I don't, like, that doesn't feel like a hard choice to me.
0: Well, and let's see if he gets out of the inning, too, because he needs to get out of the inning. Like, he only, yeah, he
1: only has one out.
0: Like, you're already down in a 3 0 hole in and the first inning.
1: Henches is up in the bullpen. But even if, so put like if we could put
0: ourselves in the guardian's shoes here this is what i would say is if this were the pirates i would be pretty upset because we've had this feeling before i don't think a lot of people remember it but in 2013 when um we lost to st louis after being up 2-1 in the series cleveland oh. was not up 2-1 in the series i believe they won game 4 to force game 5 but I feel like this also plays into the idea of small market teams, like just falling short all the time. But for a Cleveland team like this, I mean, albeit they're very low payroll, this is a talented team. I mean, you look, they have Jose Ramirez, who's easily a top five player in the American league. They have a lot of young guys too. I kind of see a little bit oh, of the okay, Pirates Donald in this can beat that
1: out. Okay. Okay.
0: Wow, they pulled Savali already. Wow. So if that was your intention, like, say that you knew Savali would probably get beat around, why not just start somebody else?
1: Yeah, if you're willing to pull the hook so early on Savali, like, you can start Bieber under the, you know, the implication that, all right, even if, like, we're not going to mess around and let you go deep into this game, like no matter what. I I don't... I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, and that's what I just said. I said, Savali gets beat around in one-third of an inning and gets pulled, why start him with such a short leash? Because, I mean, when you're going into a Game 5, I get having the idea of a short leash, but... I mean... (laughs) The guy got one out and gave up a three run run home run and you just pull him like that after Donaldson beats out a weak ground ball. That doesn't exactly speak well. But for everybody listening to this today here on this live stream, if you want to bet on this game for whatever reason, make sure you go to betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. And betonline is where the game starts. And I'm sure betonline, of course, does probably have some live bets right now. Um, I don't know what those would be. (laughs) I guess Yankees money line minus 800, which would make you like no money. But sure, go for it.
1: So, You you know who I really wanted looping back to the Pirates a little bit while we're in commercial
0: who did you I, really want
1: I really wanted Wilmer Flores I, I I was talking about this for most of the season and I I really really wanted Wilmer Flores this offseason and they extended him
0: yeah I saw that
1: which I thought he was a really good fit he can play first he's right-handed he hits righties he hits pretty well he's not expensive he just felt like a really good multi-year fit for this team but it, it was probably a little naive of me to like think that the Giants were gonna let that guy walk like as as much as like not unimportant as Wilmer Flores is he is a good player and he is affordable. So like realistically the Giants were never gonna let him walk.
0: Oh no and that's the Giants way. they keep the guys that are affordable let the guys go that are gonna want a lot of money. Uh, a la Chris Bryant this past season. Right. And the Pirates in a similar sense were like that when uh, 2013 through 2015 came around as they kind of just rode the wave of team control. And then when it came time to pay guys, they were like, well,
1: <laughs> goodbye.
0: Yeah, don't know what we do at this point. And this is a uh, very interesting that Hentage comes in, especially against a righty. And Cabrera. Like I would have went with Savali at least one more time. But uh, also let me look at the Yankees lineup. Bader is
1: next. Point, but at this point, I feel like the best um case scenario for a player that I could actually see happening is probably like Will Myers at first base.
0: I wouldn't be mad with Will Myers as Hentage gets he gets a K off the bat. Wow. I wonder how deep they let him go.
1: Will Myers would be fine. That's like the best option I can see happening. But like realistically, I think we're probably talking about G-Man Choi or like Jesus Aguilar. And I think the worst case is Bobby Dahlbeck. That's, that's the one that I really don't want. And I've also been talking about that for months that I abhor how much Bobby Dahlbeck feels like a future Pirate.
0: Especially since since, Ch- since Charrington used to work with the Red Sox. Yeah, I could see it.
1: I mean, that's not even why. It's just like he feels like a future pirate. <laughs> He's the odd man out of a first base situation in Boston that's already kind of not very good. Because their options for going into next season, assuming they do nothing in free agency at first base on the depth chart, would presumably be something like Eric Hosmer, Cassis, um, than Cordero and Dahlbeck, and Dahlbeck's been there for a few years now. I think he's probably at the end of his rope. I think he's he's I I'd imagine he's probably going to get non-tendered or DFA'd or whatever this off-season. I can't imagine he like is on the opening day roster for them. And it just to me, assuming the Pirates do nothing else, it feels like an inevitability that Bobby Dahlbeck is going to be a Pirate. I've just resigned myself to it. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll keep this in the receipts uh, if he does eventually end up being one, which I mean, I had no issue with Michael Chavis here. I mean, obviously, Michael Chavis was not going to be like the reason that the Pirates are going to contend anytime soon, but high energy guy, as you mentioned in the case of Bobby Dahlbeck, Chavis was a lot like Dahlbeck in a sense of he was just the odd man out. I thought he did fine. And I mean, if Dahlbeck was terrible. terrible in a certain sense
1: he had a 261 on base he was terrible just to put it bluntly he wasn't it i mean he dealt with yoshi sutsugo and van meter at first base for most of the year chavis felt like relief but he wasn't
0: i feel like he also felt like relief just because of his attitude like yoshi and van meter didn't have any like
1: Oh, they were dead on the inside by a couple months into the season.
0: There was like no swagger there. There was no like, oh, like I'm going to at least look like I'm making an effort. At least Chavis, and that's why I said I was okay with him for the most part.
1: Chavis was also a much better defender than either of those guys. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: Which was the real thing that made him more watchable than either of them. Aside from being just like, despite being still a kind of terrible hitter, being a better one was that his defense was actually legitimately competent. I'm not going to go as far to say say good. Some people will tell you that it was good, but it was definitely competent.
0: Uh, For anybody wondering, by the way, this first inning of this game has lasted now 27 minutes.
1: Yeah, this has been going on for a while.
0: (laughs) Uh, Which is hilarious because the top of the first inning probably lasted about four or five of those minutes, and the other 20... or so minutes have been the Yankees beating around Aaron Savali and then the guardians making a pitching change pretty quickly. And
1: I wonder if Cleveland can come back from this. I really do. It's the first I'm not, I'm not that worried about it as long as they can stop the bleeding. Yeah. now I feel different if I were a guardians fan. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm like, if Harrison Bader goes, like, deep right here or something, like, not no. <laughs> if they go down, like, 5 6 nothing in this first inning, there's no way. But Hentges has uh, Hent come in and he's done pretty good. As I lounge back and watch.
1: But I'm just resigning myself to the idea that they're going to roll into next season with their options at first base being Bobby Dahlbeck and Ben Gamble. Because, I mean, who's I... Who, who's forcing the pirates to be competent?
0: Not like they the could they could
1: they could be competent. They could be a competent team. They could win seventy games or more if they just cared. But they haven't showed that they want to care yet. So why would they suddenly care now, when they're just going to spend half the season manipulating more top guys? It's a good point. Like they practically have to be pushed off of a cliff into caring, and they're just like they're just going to do the same thing this off season. And I'm not like I understand it. I abhor it, and I hate it, and I think it's terrible for them and the long term future of the team. But at least I kind of understand it. I don't know. I think that's just like hardcore copium.
0: Yeah, but it's warranted. I I think the the
1: one thing that they absolutely have to do, like I don't even see the Pirates failing to do this, is they're going to have to improve the bullpen. Like they have to. Because it was a struggle down the stretch just getting the innings that they needed. And that can't be a thing for like three years in a row. Like the strain that that puts on... Your starters for having to go deeper into games or the strain that that puts on the guys in your bullpen. Like, I'm no, they can't, they cannot roll into next season with a bullpen situation as bad as it was. There has to be, it, there has to be more than like three or four competent players there. That's the one area I genuinely expect them to improve. I'm and... not sure that they'll do. M- much else to add externally anywhere else
0: yeah and a lot of people do preach about this uh free agent class being very deep but also forget that most of the guys that are there are player options
1: right this when you really like break down like who's actually going to be available it's pretty thin especially at the positions that the pirates are in need of you know first base they're like the first base options are not good this off season. No, they're, they're really bad. Actually, I don't, Josh Bell isn't going anywhere. Um, I think he stays with the Padres.
0: I say that now, and sorry to like cut you off on that, but I Fine. say that now with the fact that the Padres are where they are. If the Padres would have lost in the wild card to the Mets, Josh Bell would have left because AJ Preller would have also got fired. I will stand by that at any stretch of the imagination. I said, If the, I said there was two scenarios with the Padres. It was either they missed the playoffs or got knocked out in the first round and Preller was gone and Bell was gone. And you might even explore a trade with Soto or they're doing what they're doing right now, where they're making a deep run and everybody's going to stay and wait for Tatis to come back next year. Not saying that the Padres can't win the World Series this year because I think personally the better off with Tati uh Tatis not being there right now. Because one of the things that I've seen in this postseason they've done really well at is defense. What is Tatis's main weakness? Defense. So not to discount him here at all, but we also have another person who's joined the fray as we're talking about the San Diego Padres, and it's Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers, who's probably loving every of this. Um are you loving every second of the Yankees being up 3-0 first inning already?
2: No. No, I can't, I can't <laughs> say that I am. <laughs> well, you I did miss the – like
0: uh, with the chat overlay, which I will also post here, you did miss a point where I said this feels like a moment where John uh, Carlos Stanton's going to hit a home run. And as soon as I said that, he hit a three-run home run. So <laughs> – um, well, I know a thing or two about Giancarlo Stanton hitting clutch home runs against my team. So <laughs> I, I I think what I can could...
1: Was it really clutch? It was against down the stretch Wilcrow. It, it was more of an inevitability. That is very true. With with no <laughs> outs after he already loaded the bases.
0: Well, and now that Bryce is here, this is also a good time to bring this up as well about the off-season. Is I wonder how much the off-season strategies for teams are going to change in the fact that they're not only playing National League teams anymore. Like they're going to be playing every team now. Of course, with the DH being universal I don't think it everywhere,
1: changes anything? Because especially because the DH is universal. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Well, what in what way would you? Just in the I sense that I don't would've...
0: think teams are going to focus so much on getting players they think would help defeat their division teams because there's less division games
1: okay so i feel like
0: like you know how certain teams would be like oh well we know this guy dominates the cardinals we're gonna pick him up oh my god they're doing the sorry i got off track they're doing the uh rock the baby who's your daddy thing oh Mm. lord
2: oh my gosh people are so sensitive yankees especially are so sensitive my goodness Oh, we were talking
1: about this earlier where we were both so happy that the Mets lost in the playoffs because you know, the, you know, that he thinks he's him memes. That's literally the Mets.
2: (laughs) It's that is the Mets
1: through and through.
2: I'm just happy the Padres won. Like my, my main rooting interest besides my large adult sons that are scattered across major league baseball, um, which there are many, literally every team had a former ranger on it that made the playoffs except for the the Mariners who had a guy who was drafted by the Mariners or by the Rangers. So I count that. Um, But like, I'm just cheering for teams that like give a crap and like try. And that's why I'm like, so all in on like the Padres and so somehow the Phillies also did that for some reason. I don't know why they did and they did it really weirdly, but they did it and it paid off. And I I thought there
1: was no chance that they were going to have like sustained success this season because like looking at what, what some of that team's problems were last year just were not addressed coming into this year. Yeah, no, just like, like Let's
2: go get some more boppers and make, the like, defense let's just even go get some more bats,
1: which just made no and make the defense worse. And also kind of do really nothing of real significance to help the bullpen. Yeah. Like the bullpen, how many blown saves did they have last season? It was like 36. It was something Several. absurd. It was, it was something like 35 or like something insane. Dude, Nestor Cortez is
0: on a burner right now.
1: Jesus. Yeah, he's nasty.
2: Oh, nasty Nestor. It's I tell you, it's the mustache power. I think if Joey Gallo grew a mustache while he was there, as opposed to just going full clean shaven, he would have, you know, surpassed Aaron Judge numbers. What
1: are what are the Yankees gonna do if Aaron Judge is like, I'm not gonna re sign unless you let me grow a beard?
2: That'd be so funny. It'd be so uh, weird to see him with a beard too, because like we've never seen it. We've never seen it. Well,
1: Well, it's hilarious because the second guys leave New York. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: A la Mike Napoli. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike Napoli had the biggest beard ever in Texas, and then all of a sudden he goes to New York, and it was like, oh, like this guy actually has a face under there?
1: Well, it's also like there are some people that I've seen on the Yankees over the years that, like, they go to the Yankees, and you're like, oh, that's why they grew a beard. (laughs) <laughs> like I mean not to be rude but I mean some guys just have to like rude they just adore, look way looks better like,
2: looked like a like a child but also was balding like it was very right. it was very confusing and off-putting seeing both him and Robinson Trinos like without beards and then like Drake Gal goes out, and I'm like okay no this is all wrong stop taking the players that I like, like stop doing that <laughs> also do y'all have any thoughts on on the Guardians' stupid lineup construction? I talked, like, with Jeff, like, one second about this. But they're having Andres Jimenez, who was their second best hitter, outside of literally only, like, Jose Ramirez was better than him. And they're having him hit seventh. What what are they doing? Like, what are they doing?
1: I, I mentioned this earlier that I trust Terry Francona with my life. But, like, I don't understand, like, some of the stuff that he's doing today.
2: I mean, like... If you really, if you want to get really extreme about like his last seven games, I don't know if this includes the playoffs, but he's got like, he's, he's hitting 154 without any, um, extra base hits. And he's got 12 strikeouts and 26 at bats and literally one walk. So like, well,
0: <laughs> but, we could also get into the fact that Aaron judge is like, what, like one for 14 in the, in the ALDS right now,
2: <laughs> uh, we can, Somehow I mean, that was the most interesting thing that happened to my team in the last week of the season. <laughs> i'm just happy pool hole
1: 700 or judge 62 neither of them happened against the pirates and i was convinced that they were going to i Especially definitely <laughs> pull 700 with the six games against the pirates to end the season yeah that, that felt like an inevitability that like 700 was going to come off of bryce wilson
0: well and i also remember that uh jd uh host of locked on cardinals me and him predicted that it was going to be october 1st because it was yadier molina bobblehead night Mm. So he said that Albert Pujols was going to hit 700 on uh, Yachty's bobblehead night to take all the shine off of him. Uh, but I also thought that was going a different way, Connor, because I thought you were going to say you were happy that Zach Campbell didn't catch either of them. Um, um, I'm, well, I'm very happy also. about that. <laughs> um, Now, the judge one was more interesting because I hope that Blue Jays fan is Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, like dude, I... no! I, there's, there's nothing you can do except just be sad for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's over. Well, I mean, a life of heavy yeah. drinking is in front of you. You could have well, got Judge sixty-two. His, well, that his name then is
2: then Frankie ha- Lasagna. Of course, there's a lot of heavy drinking in front of him.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> is that actually his name? That's really yes. his name. He has an Italian that's restaurant. That's insane. It's absolutely his name is foggers. Lasagna. <laughs> uh huh. That's yep. not a real person. And he's, that's an, he's that's from an New alias. York. That's yep. an alias. I mean, probably, but like still, it's still an amazing alias. <laughs> I feel like,
0: I feel like at this point now, because I was talking about like how bad the pirates have been since I became host of this uh, podcast, Bryce, maybe, <laughs> I ha- maybe I should have, maybe I should have an alias at this point. Like maybe <laughs> I should just change my name. Um. Now what I also was bringing up, Bryce, and I wanted your thoughts on is what do you feel about the NLCS game one happening tonight, the same day that this happens? Like, it's really weird.
2: It, it is so weird, and I hate. I looked at the schedule for like the timing of the games, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, why I get, weren't they flipped? This one, this one, I get. Like, why? Um, like, why this one's in the afternoon? Because you're already screwing the team that wins and giving a huge benefit to the Astros of like they have to go without a single day rest, um, and like immediately go do it and you also like they the they handle the whole rain out thing really terribly like not giving any updates during it but like i don't know like why are you not having more of these be night games these are the nlcs and the alcs these are like the big bads like what what are you freaking doing like why are there so many Especially afternoon on a games tuesday? like I yeah don't... who's gonna skip work on a tuesday obviously some bums but like not well, many people
0: and what I was mentioning earlier, very unironically, was the fact that this game was under uh, TBS rights. So the reason the game time is probably this time is because AEW Dynamite pushed like they pushed their Dynamite show from Wednesday to Tuesday this week for some reason, which is on at eight. So I guess that they had to do this at this time.
2: But either way, I guess they did it because they, they don't they also have the the ALCS. Uh, I believe so. I think that's how it works is they've got the AO in the playoffs. And Cause I
0: think they're... the NLCS is on Fox.
2: Yeah. I think Fox has the NL stuff. Cause I think Fox had the NL, um, like, uh, the NLDS, both the NLDS series as well. Uh, if I remember correctly, speaking
1: of broadcast stuff, I don't think I have spent a single like week of my life watching TV with it muted more than I have for this Yankees guardian series. <laughs>
0: Oh, with Bob Costas? Yeah.
1: Oh my god, it's so
2: terrible. For you me, know. Costas is fine. Fo- like, honestly, of no. the two broadcasts, I think these are better. Only, mainly because I just hate John Smoltz on the broadcast. Oh, 100%. He is, he is the, most, he's the most old man yells at cloud and it is so freaking unbearable. Like, every single thing. Costas like, I remember, is worse. Because
1: Costas does, like, the cliche announcer thing where he just, he never lets a moment breathe. He just <laughs> won't shut up. <laughs> He won't shut up, and he's constantly talking about stuff that's completely irrelevant, or some baseball subject that a better baseball writer has already talked about a million <laughs> times, or is going to talk about. Like he just—he wants to write his opinion piece on what just happened as it's happening. Hey, and hey, but, but Connor, you know we
0: know that with uh, Bob Walk and Greg Brown, and our well, that's more of a Greg
1: Brown problem.
0: Greg, yeah so greg brown bryce so the
2: pirates broadcast i can't say that i've listened to a whole lot of it
0: it's it's very bad i don't want to call it bad straight out because there are moments where it's like okay they they have their moments like it sometimes greg greg brown will be like zip zap kazooie and you're like okay this actually warrants this. like it's actually (laughs) like it's like just random crap happening in the middle of a game and you're like okay this makes sense but then like the Pirates will hit a walk-off home run, and, you know, normal broadcaster would be like, okay, deep to left field, and then as soon as it goes over the wall, they shut up for, like, 30 seconds so you can hear the crowd. Greg Brown will be like, his third of a day! Like, like as he's saying, like, like, rounding the bases. He'll just the keep entire talking, thing. keep talking, and you're just like, dude, come on. Like, really? And then they had, and then you, of course, remember, Bryce, my largest episode ever, the hodgepodge of nothing. This thing. The next day, he couldn't stop talking about it the entire broadcast oh,
1: yeah th- i knew going into that game it was going to be the most insufferable thing of all time like the import.
0: entire broadcast he talked about dennis eckersley and we were like dude we do not care anymore it happened yesterday <laughs> like just get over it because i he do tell not people care this.
1: and wh- where is he wrong
0: yeah it's like, <laughs> like please tell yeah please tell me the one spot in what dennis eckersley said about this team where he's actually wrong they have a small they have a small amount of service time in the major league level. A lot of the guys that were on the team at the time were useless and the team just doesn't look good. He's not wrong.
2: No. No he's not. Gosh. I'm finally looking right. at the, the Pirates baseball Decker's, reference Dennis page Decker's for the first time. He was also
1: like on his way out of broadcasting. He did not care. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did, he did not care. He was ret- he already like had his retirement plan set. He's like, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. I do not care. Yeah,
0: Eckersley, he was just like, all right, <laughs> like, what can I say about every team that we play? All right. Oh, here comes an Aaron Judge fly out. Maybe. Nope. Oh, did it go? Oh, my God. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier that he was like one for 14. <laughs>
2: This is all your fault, Ethan. Uh, it all is.
0: Because I said earlier, it felt like a, jo- a Carlos Stanton home run moment. And then I mentioned earlier, the judge was one for 14.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well,
0: you know, in this uh, little league ballpark, it's not too
1: hard to put the ball over the fence.
2: It is. It is such a, a crap ballpark. I mean, they can't even afford a roof. Like what, what poverty. <laughs>
1: Roof people need to go jump off a cliff. I'm tired of hearing it. I
2: but will not. People, I will not people, people, jump off a cliff. That
1: need that people that need to talk about. Oh, you need a roof. You need a roof. Try Look, it's try, any ex- it's any excuse to clean. clown
2: on the Yankees. Are you going to badmouth listen, me for clowning on the Yankees. No, I'm not but saying you're it's clown anybody. Clowning
1: on a lot of good ballparks too because there the are, is- and I'm
2: not clowning on them. Petco is, or sorry, not Petco. Uh, Pittsburgh. Whatever the, the name of it oh, is, no, god.
1: See here, the secret <laughs> is you don't put your ballpark in the middle of like a concrete nothingness, and then you don't need a roof.
2: Yeah, but how else are you gonna get the gullible taxpayers of Arlington, Texas, to pay for yes. that your stadium?
1: Yes, Bryce, I want
0: to feed into this.
2: Oh my feed god. Feed into
0: this because no. Globe Life, Globe Life, is so much worse than the old Rangers. No, it's stadium. not. It,
2: it is okay. Well, I'll you give you this. I, need, I went there okay. for the first time this year. Like it literally took me this long to go to go actually visit as a fan and then in press box. and like, you know what it get, it got a lot of deserved crap, but honestly, like it's fine. And like Texas really needs a roof. like I can't yeah, tell no, you how many August right. games okay. I went to, like the old ballpark, the main flaw with the new ballpark is that it's not the old one, and you have to look right at the old one and everything that happened there and like remember, how the Rangers used to be good. And they've done nothing in this building. There's been a lot of history. Like that was kind of the whole talk the last week of the season. Like there's been a lot of history. There was the, you know, COVID world series there. There was uh, the perfect game. There was the Padres first ever no hitter. There was the Aaron judge home run like, and none of it's Rangers history. Like, yeah, it's
0: it's all history from other teams.
2: They've been trashed the entire time.
0: Well, and I feel like even in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure Connor could speak to this a little bit too. Is like when Three Rivers was brought down, everybody looked at Heinz Field and PNC Park and was just like, "This is weird." And now, and and now it's called AccuSure Stadium. AccuSure er,
2: like, yeah, Stadium.
0: Pretty, yeah, which uh, Tom Brady is zero and one at AccuSure Stadium. I just want to go, throw baby. that out there. Let's um, go. But I, that was a weird moment with it, too. And, I mean, I'm not against domes for baseball stadiums, but we've definitely had it the bad on ones. Location.
1: Like, like you look at like...
0: Minnesota, and Minnesota had the old uh, the Metrodome. Metrodome. Yep. Mm-hmm. That place was awful. Like, you look at it in a microcosm, and you were like, oh, it's oh, it's kind of cool. But then you like read up on stuff about it. It was terrible. No, it wasn't. Their new Target
2: Field is awesome, though. Target Field is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I've
0: I've been to Target Field. It's a perfect
2: spot. I want to go there. But like the thing with with Texas, like the reason they bought they made a new stadium is because it was going to cost just as much to like put a roof on the old one as it would be to uh, build a new one. They're like, screw it. Let's build a new one. And it's like, okay, why not? But, like, there's so many, like, the wear and tear, like, there's a reason why no pitchers would ever, like, assign free agency with the Rangers because it was miserable. Absolutely miserable. Like, it would just exhaust you and wear you down, you, like day after day after day in the summer heat and like now there's air conditioning and like i can't tell you how many sunday afternoon games i went to in august where like your butt cheeks are literally being burnt off just sitting down on your seat you have like sweated through the entirety five degrees every day yeah uh uh-huh and like and the seats being like dark green makes it even worse like you've already sweated through like all of your clothes and the first like five minutes of sitting down you're like okay this is only gonna get worse uh, you sucks. Know, can you
1: turn my camera off for a second i'm gonna go i need to go do something real quick
2: yeah
0: boom he's all good all right well what was also funny is i was gonna stream this for like the first like i thought about doing the whole game we'll see but i was like yeah it's either the first three innings or the whole game and now that <laughs> the first inning took 30 freaking minutes. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like we're in the, like what the top of the third inning now, and I've been streaming for 48 minutes.
2: Oh my gosh. Hey, I want to get your thoughts. You talked about some free agency stuff. What do you think, what are the pirates going to do in free agency? Cause like, I'm looking at your like beer page and you know, there are a lot of, like, one of the things that the pirates have done well this year. Not, not that I want to give them too many compliments because I know how rough it is watching a hundred lost team. Um, but like, there are foundational pieces there. There are some like really good players. I don't know what the package was y'all got for Jose Quintana, but like signing him and turning him around. That's the, some of the things that like the teams that are, you know, at the bottom need to do. And the Rangers did well. And I think the pirates could benefit by like trying their hand out on someone again, like him who like showed problems before sucked now and then kind of turn around and flip him to a contending team. But like, what's kind of the timeline here for contention? do you think? Is it like 2025? Is it 2024? Like how far down the road is it?
0: It, it appears that they're targeting 24 as like the turnaround year, like kind of like the Baltimore Orioles that kind of year. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really depends on what they do to improve the roster. Uh, starting pitching, I think is going to be fine because you have Keller and Contreras. They've talked about bringing back Quintana even after trading him because he loved Pittsburgh that much. So that would be really interesting to see him come back. And you have a lot of arms coming up next year that are going to be very interesting. It just really depends on what they do. I mean, they need to go get a first baseman. You can look at our baseball reference page and tell that we need a first baseman bad. But...
2: Ooh, Ooh, that's that's not good.
0: (laughs) No. No. And, yeah, the free agents class for the first baseman is not very good.
2: But... It's not really good for a lot of position players, honestly. Like
0: No, and it's a lot of player option guys, too, which scares me. I really just think they need to go kind of do what they've done the last couple of years. Go find a really good starting pitcher. If it's Quintana again, go for it. I think it would be absolute comedy to bring Quintana back again and then trade him again if he has a good year. <laughs> it would be absolutely hilarious. But go hey, find
2: Go, go bring the, the prodigal son home. Go get Josh Bell.
0: That has been talked about. But I do think he stays in San Diego. A name first base wise that I've been very stuck on is CJ Crone in Colorado. Ooh, that
2: that would be a good that would be a good get. He's really good. I don't know why they extended. Oh, what was the one Daniel Bard? Is that who they extended the deadline? Yeah. The only move they made. I don't know why they didn't extend him because I don't he know why they really didn't trade,
0: I don't know why they didn't trade CJ Crone at the deadline.
2: Well, that first, but like, oh, what's up, Stace?
0: Oh, Stace here too.
2: Uh, I don't know. She just commented on the in the chat. Oh, she
0: just commenting.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Is, is there what is there any world where like the uh where the pirates go and and make some like even like mid money move for for somebody like not like obviously probably not going for. A uh, Carlos Correa or no, uh, Xander I can see a mid-market
1: move happening for like pitching.
2: I think that would be a good upgrade because there's a lot of starting pitching on the market this year. The Rangers are going to have to sign a lot of than it. Bats. There's yeah. more pitching oh than by bats. far.
1: Um, for bats, it's really going to be like minor moves that are like of no real consequence. Um, like there's the the most obvious hole the team has is first base. They're, they're going to re-sign Roberto Perez to be their primary catcher at least until uh, either or of Andy Rodriguez or what Henry about, Davis have hit Super 2 and are ready. So I, I have a thought. It's like the only place that they're actually going to be seriously forced to add externally as a bat.
2: I, I have a thought on first base, and uh, slap me if I'm wrong, but uh, what about Justin Turner? Like, he had an awful first half, absolutely awful, and it seems like the Dodgers are going to have to spend a lot of money to get Trey Turner, and they're going to look for some – Marginal. I mean, Muncie was the guy who played third base for them the most this year, and uh, I I, Turner had a monster second half. I I don't think he did anything in the playoffs, but like, why not like a one year 2 year deal? And if he again, if he does well, then you could flip him at the deadline to a team that needs a first baseman slash DH. Is he
1: actually a free agent, or is he on like player option? No, he is. restricted, I believe.
2: Oh wait, no, I'm looking at. Never mind. It says okay. It says club option for sixteen for sixteen million. There's no way they pick that up.
0: No, they are not picking that up. They will I would doubt not. it.
2: Market value says uh eight point six million according to uh spot track or spot track or whatever.
0: If we're I think going that's into yeah, if we're going into what I think oh my god, what the what was that? Oh yeah, well Stace just said she can't curse and I see why. <laughs> On this podcast. Yeah, he's hurt. Oh,
2: yeah, that no. did not look good. Oh, I, I looked away. Oh, that's not good.
0: That did not look good at all.
2: Who?
1: Tis I'm behind.
0: That was a... Uh, it, it looked like Cabrera. Oh, is, is that, it? Or is that Aaron Hicks? That is not Aaron Hicks. There's no, wait, who's...
2: 30? That's got to be Cabrera. Is, that's... Ooh. Is Cabrera 31? Oh, no, that's Hicks. Cabrera ran into him. Um.
0: Yeah, that was just... That was Donaldson. It looked like Donaldson, Hicks, and Cabrera were all going for... Yeah.
2: Yeah, Donaldson pulled off. Uh, Cabrera is calling for it the whole time but like so was Hicks and that kid's gotta get out of the way there ugh
1: is Tyner Philippa playing short today
2: nope he's not playing at all
1: that's a uh, Cabrera is playing short
2: yeah. much to the who probably should have been playing for
0: much longer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably should have been playing shortstop about like two months ago.
2: They should have been ha- having him there, and then hey, IKF like the
1: Yankees want a shortstop.
2: I, I think can I are...
1: can I offer you Kevin Newman? Oh, like we've offered them Kevin
0: Newman for the last two off seasons. <laughs> but if we're gonna I'm be st- technical here, Bryce, Kevin Newman had like the third best OPS on the Pirates this year. So oh my God, he's kidding talk- me. Yeah, no, it's sad.
2: Oh, that's bad. Oh but oh, he's no. also like
0: our second best defensive player behind key Brian Hayes. So I was like, you know, I'll take this.
2: How is O'Neill Cruz at shortstop? He, he might be, he needs work. He, he's the weirdest guy I've ever seen in baseball. Like he reminds me of Joey Gallo coming up because they were both like way huge. Joey Gallo was a third baseman. People forget this. And he was going to be the heir apparent to Adrian, Adrian Beltre. Glad that he wasn't. Cause that would have been a lot to put on him, but like, Everyone's like, this guy's too big. You know, eventually Joey moved to right field and won a Gold Glove. Actually, I think a couple of Gold Gloves there. But like, is he is he going to stay at shortstop? Because like, they seem
1: they're going to. They're going to keep him at shortstop until his defense is so bad that it forces him to another position. Pretty much, I freaking love that because the value that you can get out of him at shortstop, even if like, if for some reason it's like Corey Seager. Even, yeah, even if for some reason he turns out to be like an average bat, an average power bat at shortstop is a very valuable piece, mm-hmm. even if the defense isn't that great. And I'm, the thing with O'Neill Cruz is that none of his defensive issues are linked to anything with the tools.
2: Yeah, so like, because his, those, tools good, his tools are freaking outstanding.
1: His range is very good. Okay. Um, his Jeff. His arm is insane. <laughs> um, it's really just the glove work and the arm accuracy that's holding well, him.
0: And one thing that I did like, though, about what he started doing near the back end of the year was he started realizing, okay, I don't need to throw the ball 105 miles per hour from short to first every time I do it.
2: <laughs> but so it's really he, freaking cool when you do it. it. <laughs>
0: it's cool. It's cool until you throw it into the into the uh, netting above your first baseman's head and give somebody a ground rule double. But he did start pulling back on that a little bit. Which I still think it is hilarious with everything that he did this year that was so great that his hardest hit ball, which also happened to be the hardest hit ball in the cast era, wasn't even a home run. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a single off the very. It was literally one. a single off of the Roberto Clemente it, it, it wall. Hit so
1: hard off the wall that it just bounced right to Acuna. Like the <laughs> ball was, the, like there were people on Twitter complaining that why didn't he get a double out of it? But like I went and rewatched that, there was a runner like the runner that was on first ended up on second. I think it was it was literally like back in the infield in under seven seconds. And that was with like a like a just a lob from Acuna because there was no way.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting and I think we're gonna see a lot of and should be a lot of debate of this offseason is like how how much the shift band is going to change everything because I think some subpar defensive shortstop have gotten away with a lot. Like guys without they range, like Corey Seager, especially with yeah. the positioning, you don't have to have as great a position. You don't no. have to, you know, have the the range. I mean, and like, I don't like think the thing that you say of Cruz having, him. of Cruz having the range, okay. um, is okay. just like, um, like, he's going to be able to stick there, and I think that's going to keep him being super weird and, and freaky valuable. Whereas Seager, I th- I think they're going to keep him there because, you know, you pay him 300 freaking million million, he's at least going to be your shortstop for the first three years. Like, if he's not 30 yet, then you're not going to be able to move him off unless you have some stud that's coming up and pushing him off. And in which case, it would also move Josh Young off of third base because that's exactly where Seager would go. But, like... I think the Rangers are gonna suffer a lot defensively with with Seeger and, and Young a little bit on the left side with, to, with no um shift next year. To
0: butt in for a second, this is also Bryce's mention earlier all my where plate. where Andreas Jimenez should be batting right here.
2: Mm-hmm. No
0: no knock to Ahmed Rosario here, but this should be a Andreas Jimenez at bat. One out yeah. three one out first and second, top of the third, you're down four runs. This is where Jimenez should be. Well, and Rosario got a four pitch walk, so I guess I'll shut up. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I still,
2: I still don't understand how this Cleveland team, like, looking at their offense, and I'm like, their pitching was like pretty good, but not like insane. Like, well, they
1: also played in the AL Central, which is but like an there are some, division.
2: I mean, the bottom two are are not even fraudulent, just openly like bad. And I love that the, everyone yeah. picked the Tigers to finish like, oh shit. Shoot, did they? Yes, the Rangers fit for the better record, the Tigers. I was I put a lot of stake on everyone's like the Tigers were just as bad, if not worse, than the Rangers last year. And they made fewer moves. The Tigers
1: have been bad enough that I've been doing some insane narrative ball on Twitter. My my (laughs) handle for the majority of the season has been Josh better Josh Harrison is better than Javier Baez. And it's true. (laughs) Javier Baez has been that bad this year that old man Josh Harrison has been a better offensive threat than Javier Baez.
2: Oh my god! Like, by
1: pretty much any metric you look at, except for, like, slugging. Yeah. even that's close.
2: But, like, uh, this Guardians team, like, offensively, it's literally just, like, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez, and, like, occasionally get some stuff from, like, from Josh Naylor. But, like, Stephen Kwan is, is such a weirdo, and I love that he is doing things. And, like, but other than that, like, there's just really not a whole lot going offensively for them, and the I just pi- don't the, understand
0: the 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 on is in the bullpen. Jonathan Loizaga. It's not even an Italian. La- it's not even an Italian last name, but it sounds like an Italian last name when you say
1: it. it Jonathan Lewiczka. What was uh, that guy's that, lasagna? Uh,
2: Jonathan Frankie. Lasagna? F- Frankie. It's Frankie, even which is even not more a real perfect. Name.
1: Not a real name. And they have Emmanuel
2: Clase, who the Rangers gave up for one whole inning. It's oh it's fine. fine. I'm fine. I'm
0: <laughs> fine. Well, hey, just also remember on this Yankees team that James and Clay Holmes are on this team for a combined Rowanzi Contreras, Miguel Yahuri, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, and um Canaan Smith and Jigba. So which a couple of those guys have panned out,
1: but Yeah, (laughs) I'm higher on on Smith and Jigba than most. But I oh, I I wait, is that
2: is that guy related to the he's his brother? Okay, because they're both from like the Dallas area. So that's why I was like kind of aware of them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's he's
1: related to Jackson thing is that I don't like that dude is jacked, but he has like no game power at all. And I don't know why.
2: Oh, it's like Elvis Andrews.
1: He kind of. I guess, but the other thing, the main appeal is that, like, his walk rates in the minor leagues are, like, over 16% at some levels. Dang. <laughs> he, he walks a ton.
2: Yeah, no, Elvis he, Andrews is a guy who it, always he looked just had pretty... a little
1: power, I'd feel so much better about Smith and Jigba.
2: I feel that. But, like, Elvis was one of those guys who, in the minor leagues, like, or when he came up, like, as a youngster, it was— uh, Ron Washington was in charge of the Rangers, and he was trying to make— uh, Elvis Andrews, like a 1950s two hole hitter where it's like, he would not really walk a whole lot. He would just bunt a whole lot. And really he would just bunt a whole lot. It didn't have for, it, like no power. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just be a little slap hitter. And like, I mean, he had his career high. It took him until like uh, his age 26 season, which he came up at age 20 and it took him until, uh, wow, did until you nine you that
1: early. I didn't realize he that. did. He
2: was so young. Cause he was an all-star is, is like second full season in the big leagues. He finished second wow. rookie of the year voting in 2009. Okay. But like he and, uh, I okay. yeah, I know he and um, who am I thinking of the Rangers, Neftali Feliz, both of them came up in 2009 and then were like real like studs in 2010. Cause like the Rangers were kind of like on the cusp of that and they were, well, Elvis was the, you know, face of the franchise basically for, that whole run of like being good for seven years. And now everyone's like, wait, the Rangers were ever good. And I was like, yeah, it was before I had a podcast. And then I started and they've been total butt ever since.
1: <laughs> Pirate legend, Neftali Feliz.
2: Oh God. That is, that is one of the, like I did a whole episode, like I think last offseason, of like five things that like just categorically like screwed the Rangers. And like, there was like him like, cause he was a starter coming up and he would routinely sit like 96, 98 for like six innings in double A. And he was just amazing. And the Rangers were like, eh, let's, let's make him a closer. And it worked out really, really well. And then they brought him back into the rotation after a couple of years as a closer. And he had Tommy John surgery and was just never the same. Just never even anywhere close. He was just kind of like. Hesitant to like you know fully let it Loose and that kind of led to a whole lot More problems but like Man uh, what could have Been and what was like Those years of him as a closer Were fantastic
0: Yeah there was a time uh, In Pittsburgh where everybody Thought Richard Rodriguez was the future Closer oh everybody
1: okay No I I would argue Not everybody thought that there Were more reasonable people Like myself who did not think that. Oh, Rich Rod,
0: baby. Rich Rod went from being the closer on the Pittsburgh Pirates and being loved by a lot of people in Pittsburgh to not even making the Atlanta Braves playoff roster after we traded him there. Well, it's because,
1: <sighs> I mean, you want to know why. We know has why. A, has a lot to do with his spin rates going down very mysteriously in the middle of last year.
2: Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what could happen with that. I, I have no idea.
1: God, man. It's kind of hilarious that they did that mid-season because it was so easy to tell who. <laughs> All right, for the next uh, hour, we're going to talk about sin rates
0: mysteriously going down. A la we're going to talk Cole. about the
2: cheating Astros.
0: <laughs> yes. A la Garrett Cole. Ah, uh, oh, yes, God. Bryce, you see what's up there, right? In that ad that was just on the MLB uh, game day app.
2: No. what Basketball season that. again, baby. Uh time for some, some Luca magic. And on that note of dissing the Astros for cheating and talking about Luka Doncic. Luka magic. I, I have got to go and do my laundry. Very fun afternoon. I might hop back on to see if y'all are on when I'm done. Luka uh, magic. If not, this is a lot of fun, boys.
0: Very much so, <laughs> sir. Luka Luca
1: magic.
2: No, I see oh, it. Ron I Bryce. see it. I see it. I'm just not saying anything.
1: I would, I would, <laughs> I would kill a man. For Pittsburgh to get an NBA team, but I know they're never going to. The Pittsburgh Phantoms, baby, dude. It's Pittsburgh, not a Pittsburgh
0: Thunder. Sense to expand into. The, hey, OKC can come here. We'll be no we'll OKC. Go arms.
2: send OKC back to Seattle and take them away from their owner. They have now. Like oh, give give us back the Sonics. All right, peace out, y'all.
1: Thank you, Bryce. Just a moment. I have to go take care of something. I will also be very briefly back.
0: All right. So it's just me as we go into the uh, bottom of the third inning. And (laughs) we already have our second Cleveland pitching change of the afternoon. Probably going to stay live through this third inning, and then we'll probably wrap it up, guys. But uh, thank you for everybody that's tuned into this. This has actually been really fun. Might even do it later for the Padres-Phillies game. Lots of good pirates talk, lots of good Rangers talk, lots of good off season talk. I uh, gotta love Stanton. Oh Lord. Oh that's a hire. Jeez, man, these outfielders need to watch yourselves. It's the second time in this game we had somebody run into each other. Miles Straw and Eddie Rosario there. Or Ahmed Rosario, sorry. But again, I hope you guys all enjoyed this. This was very fun. Audio version of this will be up tomorrow. Connor has returned. Connor, I was just letting them know after this inning was over, we were probably wrapping up The audio version of this will be up tomorrow.
1: Oh, we getting off.
0: Yeah, I was going to do it through this third inning. I didn't expect the third inning to be an hour and seven minutes into the the baseball game. I was going to do it the whole time, but I expected this to kind of be one of those quicker games. But I just love that every Yankees player looks the same. They all have a mustache.
1: Well, it's the only facial hair they're allowed to grow. Well didn't Andrew complain about that? Andrew who? McCutcheon. Yeah. I remember did. him I remember him complaining about it and it was like, Good job, Andrew.
0: <laughs> well, and then a lot of people apparently in New York were thankful that he cut his uh dreads already because if he didn't, he would have had to when he got to New York. Cause their hair's not supposed to be super long either.
1: Oh yeah, they made Bader cut his hair. Which I'm cool with because it's Harrison Bader and I don't I don't like Harrison Bader
0: lord bader as they used to call him in st louis
1: no (laughs) i don't like him because he was a cardinal i have no personal i just no i don't like you (laughs) Hmm. but that's how i am with most cardinals
0: oh i mean (laughs) i think you probably get the same idea for me but i also hate cubs more than i hate the cardinals so the Cubs uh, and the Reds are on my hate list higher yeah, than Reds. the uh, Cardinals are. Cardinals are third. Just because I do appre- I do have an appreciation for St. Louis in terms of how they run their organization because that's how I wish the Pirates, uh, Pirates would run. But, I mean, there's still a hatred there, obviously, because of the fact of 2013 when the Pirates finally make the playoffs for the first time in my lifetime, quite literally, and then Adam Wainwright just took over. Man, two pitching changes in two
1: innings. All right. So how do I? Oh, yeah, there's a big leave button up there. All right. (laughs) I am going to head out. It was fun being on. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much. It was actually really fun. It was a good opportunity for me to test out my extremely janky setup because I am using my phone to stream my video feed to my PC.
0: Hey, a janky setup is better than no setup at all. Yep. what I always tell everybody.
1: Yep. Do you, you have camera recommendations, actually?
0: Uh, no, because I just use my MacBook camera.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Cool.
0: As you can see, it kind of pops out pretty okay, but I do need to get a new microphone because I've been using my gaming headset to microphone for a while and the audio comes out a little weird. So I have been trying to save up money to get a really nice one. But uh we'll yeah, I would goes. recommend
1: getting something that's front address instead of side address because if you get you could get something like this was like a $100 XLR mic and it is pretty good. But like the problem is this where it's like because it's side address like it just covers my face unless I bring it down like here.
0: Yeah, very true. Understand, so yeah.
1: It's better to have it. Well, know. with Anyways. that said
0: everybody, thank you guys for tuning into this live stream for the first 3 innings of Guardians and Yankees. Hopefully Peace. everybody had a good time. Thank you so much.